Verbs, did you ever, growing up, did you ever go to Chuck E. Cheese? Actually, what was it called before Chuck E. Cheese? They had a different name, Showbiz. Ah, uh, Courtney, Wait. I'm so glad you brought this up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited you brought this up. Uh, this is Showbiz best Pizza question and Chuck E. Cheese were actually two different restaurants. <gasps> really? Yes. Now, here's a fun mm-hmm. fact. Mind-blown emoji. Here's a okay. fun fact. The animatronic band in Showbiz Pizza, mm-hmm. their name was, Verbs, do you happen to know the name? Uh, something Explosion. Yes. It's one. Of, it's such a great yeah. band wow. name. It's, it's the Rock-A-Fire Explosion. <laughs> That's what it is. Yes. Rock-A-Fire yes. Explosion. Now, okay. here's why I know that. So I worked... I grew up in Phoenix. We had a pizza chain called Pistol Pete's Pizza, which used to be a showbiz pizza. And we still had the the audio animatronic band mm. in the store. And so I remember the changeover, but then I got to work with the band after that. <laughs> That's <laughs> when it switched over to Pistol Pete's Pizza. So, but here's one more. One, while we're throwing out factoids, mm-hmm. did you know Chuck E. Cheese? His real name is Charles Entertainment Cheese. I did not. Wow, I feel like my I just I feel like I just hit a gold mine of like you two just had all the info of like I was just like having a moment of nostalgia and it was like, oh, let me tell you all the things you needed to know. Listen, everybody, End the episode, guy who created the animatronic band for Chuck E. Cheese still has a YouTube channel. There's a whole community of people who reprogram old showbiz pizza no. robots. No. Wow. With wow. like modern music. And it's like very interesting and very specific. Only if you are above the age of like 32 might <laughs> this interest you at all. I do remember those things were creepy too, though. Picture yourself as a young 16-year-old who's closing the store and has to go behind the curtain to turn off the audio no, item from the bed you? You 11 o'clock that? at night. Did you do that? I had to do that. I had to oh do it. Oh, my gosh. How there's a whole that switch about this? This is a whole today. series of video games. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's is based off of how scary the animatronic band is <laughs> at Jovis Pizza. Mm, like, especially the gorilla, bit. y'all. Yes. All right, we should do episode wow. stuff. Okay, well, my point, <laughs> so. my point of bringing up uh, Chuck E. Cheese and showbiz, the whole thing, was, you know, a lot of times, I don't know, sometimes if you just feel like you're not moving ahead or just that your day, you know, like it's like whack-a-mole. You remember that game? I'm trying to think of what the Chuck E. Yes. Cheese version of whack- whack-a-mole was. Maybe it actually was whack-a-mole. I loved that game so much, though. I just... Um, it was, yeah, it's very task oriented. There's a mole. Yeah. And I have to whack it and then it has to go away. (laughs) Yeah. I think sometimes in life, you know, like it actually feels like that. It just feels like chaos and that you don't know where the next thing is going to come from. You know, it's like, and you kind of start living in this fight, flight or free, you know, this kind of like anxiety about what's about to pop up. I, I don't know. Do y'all mm-hmm. do? Does that ever happen with y'all? I agree with you. I think there's that there's that level of anticipation. You know, in 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 the whack a mole game example, it's like you knew something else was gonna come up, but you didn't know exactly where. 
So you're mm-hmm. you're living in this tension of where do I need to go next? Because I'm not sure. But whenever it pops up, I got to knock it back down. And that could be exhausting because people sweat mm-hmm. after that game is played, you know? True story. I think today's episode is kind of a little bit counterintuitive. You may not necessarily have made the connection of like, okay, how do I stop feeling like I'm not moving ahead or that I'm just kind of like in this chaotic state by using what we're going to be talking about today. So today we're going to be talking about recording your wins and how that can help offset uh, those feelings. If you're a coach, aspire to be a coach, or want to use your influence to help other people achieve the double win, then you have to listen up. We're hosting a brand new, completely free webinar called Land More Coaching Clients, Transform Lives, and Stand Out in a Crowded Market, Five Impactful Lessons from a Seven-Figure Coach. The title says it all. Come join Michael Hyatt and Marissa to learn how to help others succeed. You've already gotten incredible feedback on the impact of this content, and if you know and love the Full Focus Planner, then you're already a step ahead. To register, go to fullfocus.co slash lessons. That's fullfocus.co slash lessons. Welcome to another episode of Focus on This, the most productive podcast on the internet. So you can banish distractions, get the right stuff done, and finally start loving Mondays. I'm Verbs, here with Courtney Baker. Happy Monday to you, Courtney. How's it going? Happy Monday. It's great. It's a really good day. It's beautiful outside, ready to go. Let's get right into it. What's the first reason why we should record our wins? It really does improve your self-esteem. I think 99% of the time, you know, we are our hardest critic. You know, we know very clearly, you know, the things that we're like, oh, I wish I could go back and I wish I could have said this or done this. And it can be bad when we, even when we feel like we've done something well, when, you know, maybe we didn't feel like we got the praise that we thought, or, you know, like we're kind of looking for Mm -hmm. external things to give us that self-esteem. So when you actually take the time to document your wins for yourself, you kind of take control over that process of acknowledging your win. Um, I love, I mean, this is where the Full Focus Planner really has helped me so much with doing this because it's part of that weekly preview of like, I really have to stop and just say, okay, what, what were the wins? And every week... I have to look at the calendar to help me actually even remember. Again, I'm just like very future oriented. And so I have to like look at the week mm-hmm. and be like, okay, what happened? Um, it's like every Monday morning, you know, like when people are like, how was your weekend? I have to be like, okay, wait, what happened this weekend? <laughs> and that's kind of how it feels <laughs> when I'm documenting wins, but it's really powerful you know, to do that and the boost that it gives to your self-esteem of like, yeah, there's some really great things that happened um, when I take the time to acknowledge them. So Verbs, how do you kind of position your wins to kind of get that boost of self-esteem? 
Yeah, it's in the same way. Just uh, you know, again, the secret sauce of the weekly preview is it it makes you slow down for a moment and acknowledge what those may have been. And especially if you're if you're in a regular habit of consistently doing that weekly preview, then you've already set or identified, you know, at least three things that you were working on as your your weekly big three that you can say, hey, mm-hmm. I accomplished these, so I actually have at least three wins that I could that I can acknowledge. Um, in that current week. And I think you're right. It's, it's, it takes you out of that spiral of, especially when things are moving quickly in your week, it takes you out of that spiral of feeling like time was going so quick, quickly, and you're almost always trying to keep up and you never settle into what you've actually accomplished. Because when that happens, if everything seems like a setback or you miss the mark, then you're bound to feel just discouraged about your week, like all the time, Absolutely. consistently. And so recording those wins is is a way that you remind yourself of really what's happened and the fact that you are winning in areas that you probably haven't really settled down to discover quite yet. But especially in that weekly preview time, it gives you a, a yeah. designated moment of sitting down just to think about those things. I actually had a, a moment with my weekly preview this past week where the week before had just been one of those like really chaotic weeks. You know, there just was a lot you know, my husband was supposed to be traveling. We, there was just a lot of like moving pieces that week. And literally mm-hmm. in my planner, I wrote, you know, with everything happening this week, you know, I was able to manage a chaotic week and come out well on the other side. And that seems small, you know, but I was like, hey, that actually for the next really chaotic week where we're just juggling a lot of things, like I can do that. You know, it's, it's just gives you that confidence for, you know, the next time that, you know, there's a thousand things happening all crammed into one week that, you know, there is a path through where you don't feel like you just got run over at the end of the week. Yeah, no, absolutely. And sometimes it's just important that we affirm it for ourselves and we see it for ourselves put a name to it instead of waiting for others Mm -hmm. to see that because that may or may not come during that week. So being able to identify identify it for yourself is important. So the next reason to record your wins is it just shows you what's working. And even in my example, I just shared of last week because I was able to like navigate that really chaotic week. It actually, in the next section... Um, when I started documenting what worked, it helped me identify like, what are the things that helped me be successful? I think a lot of times we spend a lot of our focus, you know, thinking about what didn't work and how to make sure that doesn't happen again. Um, but actually, you know, it's really focusing uh, in some sense on the wrong thing. Like, how do we duplicate what worked, not just try to fix what is broken. And, and so again, just taking the time to acknowledge those wins, uh, really powerful for duplicating in the future. If you're a coach, aspire to be a coach or want to use your influence to help other people achieve the double win, then you have to listen up. We're hosting a brand new, completely free webinar called Land More Coaching Clients, Transform Lives, and Stand Out in a Crowded Market, Five Impactful Lessons from a Seven-Figure Coach. The title says it all, 
Come join Michael Hyatt and Marissa to learn how to help others succeed. You've already gotten incredible feedback on the impact of this content. And if you know and love the Full Focus Planner, then you're already a step ahead. To register, go to fullfocus.co slash lessons. That's fullfocus.co slash lessons. Reason number three is it mitigates complaining. Now, there's always going to be something that occurs in your week that is prime material for complaining about it. But counteracting that with identifying these wins is going to be helpful for your mind and your soul <laughs> and everybody else mm-hmm. who may be uh, prone to have to listen to you complain is going to help them out as well. But we're all, pl- we're all prone to complaining from time to time, especially when things just don't seem to be going our way. Um, but when you focus only on the negative, then you might be powerless or just even feeling like this victim mentality start to come up. As a result, it produces several consequences to you and those around you. And when you choose celebration instead, you'll feel energized to continue in that direction. So, you know, again, this, if it's a habit and the more you get into the rhythm of doing this, again, it kind of lifts you out of that, that, um, the doldrums, uh, as our colleague used to say, of just being a, just a, an Eeyore mindset. Yeah. I mean, I think this is a really powerful one. I think. I would say at one of my former places that I worked, there was just a lot of spirit of complaining and it is like Mm. so contagious when you are around people that are complaining. You're like, okay, the way that we connect with each other is to complain. And it just like breeds this like really toxic, negative, terrible place uh, yeah. to work. Cynicism and, creeps in and all of that. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's just a really easy thing to happen under the surface. And then all of a sudden you're like, what has happened? And so I, I love that just taking time to, you know, reframe how you're looking at what's happened of like, this is where, where are the opportunities? What are the wins? What has worked versus the opposite can be a really powerful mindset shift um, that gets, I mean, we've talked a lot about this of like, it's really all in our thinking. And so if our thinking is like living in that complaining negative space, the actions and results that we're going to get from that are very different than when we can actually look at okay, what about this is working? What about this is winning? How do I duplicate that? You know, that produces very different actions and then results. And so again, I know this is an easy one to kind of, especially if you're in a culture of that, um, to Mm -hmm. really try to turn the tide um, of that. I don't know about y'all, but do you have any like specific examples of like when you've gotten different outcomes, when you've been able to celebrate versus, or just like pick things that are good versus like choosing the things that you could complain about? So at least once in my life, I have undertaken a 24-hour complaint-free challenge. You guys ever done something Mm -hmm. like this? And you can like get like an actual bracelet or whatever, or you can just use a rubber band or whatever. And the idea is pretty simple. You put it on one wrist. And, and you go as long as you can until you complain. 
uh, and then when you do that, you have to you switch wrists, and you're just trying to keep it on the same wrist for a day straight. Okay. And for me, if we're being honest, uh, it's interesting. There's this. We've all been there. There's this thing where, as somebody who creates stuff for a living, and is in interested in process and interested in product, I critique a lot of stuff. <laughs> That's right. how I view my <laughs> job. Is I actually think that what is <laughs> I'm being paid to do, and what I am good at is like a certain <laughs> taste level and a certain whatever. But that <laughs> same mindset can easily creep out of the computer or the project into your world where you're going, well, I wish this were different because I can see all these different ways that I would do it differently. And so I really would encourage people to just like try it sincerely. I did it with my, with my son. I was like, we're just going to try it for a day. Let's see how, and then once you get past that day threshold, it changes pretty quickly. Like you really catch yourself quickly and it changes your behavior. It's interesting how mm-hmm. quickly it can happen. Um, so it's yeah. not really an example of anything. I just would encourage people yeah. to be very mindful of it for themselves. And other people. I mean, no, I, think I have so much. I had such a negative experience with this that I'm like the other extreme. Like I, it's like one of my pet peeves now. It's like I could complain about the complaining if you let me. Um, so I, I love, I love that. Uh, I think that's a really great practical tool to try, Nick. I would also say, Nick, uh, just to make you feel a little better, I have been known at church with our bulletin. Uh, cause you know, I, and not so much in my role now, but I used to proof emails all the time, you know, when I was a strategist or a marketing director. And so I would get the church bulletin and like, rather than taking sermon notes, I would be like correcting grammar or like spelling issues in the bulletin. Like somebody turn it off. Like I've created a monster. Um, so I feel you. But wait, again, out of fairness, because of what you guys are saying is true that I'm in trouble because there's, there's, there's. There's the attitude or spirit of healthy critique in hopes to see something become yeah. better. But then I feel like complaining is like when you you comment incessantly about a particular thing that you don't really have any um I'm trying to say you don't have there's nothing in you that's actually working to change the thing. So you kind of remove yourself and you take a well, posture of just complaining about the thing. Well, tell me, I mean, in my example, I would uh, proof the bulletin and then hand it to my husband who's on church staff. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, but that's, that's the move, right? So it's like, Hey, this can be better. Here's my, here's my critique on it. And then you made a step to actually make the thing better versus like, I have no intention about putting any energy in towards helping the the matter get better. So I'm just going to complain about it and comment about it instead of saying, Hey, yeah, let's, if it's a problem or something that has a solution that you feel like you can be a part of, maybe that's the move to make instead of just commenting on it and then spreading yeah, like, out oh and gosh, kind of bleeding always... everywhere else with your with yeah. your thoughts. Yeah. If you write down your wins, it's hard to complain about yourself. It's interesting. Like, so mm-hmm. it, it, if you write your wins down, it does allow you to look back and say, I did all of these things and there's no time to be mm-hmm. focusing on the complaining. And anything that you do come up with, is mm-hmm. probably going to be constructive. So you you can even get like a little bit of a bonus point. You go, oh, I love this. I'm so proud of this. I did this. This was great. Next time I'm doing this, 
I don't think necessarily mm-hmm. that that's a complaint at that point. That just becomes like a tweet. Yeah. It becomes the, the, that's like the you know, Albert Pujols. Yeah. Yeah. Albert right. Pujols goes to the watch his film after every at bat. He's not sitting down there hating himself. Right. He's going like, mm-hmm. I'm really good at mm-hmm. this. I know I've got 3000 hits. I've got whatever. And I'm just next time I'm going to do this small thing. I think that's a, a great mindset to be in. It keeps the mindset in the realm of what you can do to make the, again, make the thing better. You know, if he's up at bat, he knows what he needs to do when he's there on the on deck circle, just swinging the bat, preparing himself for when he goes to the plate. It doesn't become about, hey, I didn't win because such and such didn't do what they were supposed to do again this week. They should have spent more time doing this than I could have did what I needed to do to actually record a win. Mm-hmm. Kind of takes us out of that loop as well. But I like what you said. It's it's a definite mind shift that needs to happen internally first because it's less external things that are weighing in on what you need to accomplish mm-hmm. to get a win and then record that win for that week. Which brings us to reason. Number four, it increases your happiness. So it's really all about the posture of how you're approaching, um, especially during the weekly preview, how you're viewing your week and the attitude that you're approaching it with. But when you recognize a win, it can instantly boost your mood. You'll feel it. But here's the thing. If somebody else also recognizes a win on your behalf, then that affirmation of success can also lift you up and change your day and even change your week. And I think this is has a snowball effect, really. If you accomplish and record wins, you recognize them, someone else recognizes you and encourages those wins, then there's a snowball effect there. They want you to, to continue to do that and pay attention to those wins as you accomplish them. Can I say something real quick? Yeah. This idea of just recording a win is not enough. You can write it down. But if you write it down with the spirit of, I didn't really accomplish this, or it wasn't as much as it could have been, or whatever, you don't actually Mm. get that boost. I see it in my own Mm. child at times. He'll have a legitimate win and you'll try to tell him like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing you did that. He can't hear it. He can't internalize it. And so it's interesting to watch. My own dad has told me like, you need to be kinder to yourself. It's interesting. You can, there's like a habit of writing something down, but you also have to do that next step to feel the win. So that's, I don't know if that's Mm -hmm. an Enneagram 4 thing. I don't know what that is. But you can't just record it and be like, I did the work. You also probably need to take a second and feel it. Otherwise, you don't Mm -hmm. get any of the lovely benefits of having written it down in the first place. I think this this point is is really, really powerful because I feel like probably in my 20s, a lot of times, again, we talked about the Enneagram a lot today, but like as like as an Enneagram 3, I looked, which is the achiever in case you're not totally in the loop on Enneagram language. But I, I feel like I looked externally for that affirmation a lot. And when it didn't come on certain things, it was like this win actually became the, the opposite of a win. <laughs> it was like, why didn't I get the affirmation of that and you know like obviously Mm. as we grow and learn you know i i think realizing that that really owning your wins and your accomplishments needs to come from yourself and like you said nick having that moment of like acknowledging what you have done what you've accomplished counting on other people to do that that's like bonus you know that's like the icing if that comes 
But if not, you know, like you've got to have the the framework and the ability to do that for yourself. Um, and again, without it, you know, that's where you get into some of these other things that we've talked about um, with complaining and, and the whole flip side of not seeing wins. So I think this is really powerful. So the good news is you don't have to stay in the funk that you're in. You can get out of that seeping negativity. By recording your wins, you can improve your self-esteem, see what's working, mitigate complaining, and increase your overall happiness. So before we wrap, are there any final thoughts for our focus on this listeners? Well, I just want to remind everybody that this is why the full focus system is so powerful. Like this is built into the weekly preview. We referenced it a couple of times, but if you're still on the fence about doing a weekly preview or maybe you've got off track, like this is the week. It's built in. It's going to give you the tools for all the things that we've talked about today um, to get that as, you know, kind of an automated practice of acknowledging your win. So I highly encourage you doing that. Thank you, the listener, for joining us on Focus on This. This is the most productive podcast on the Internet. So please share it with your friends and don't forget to join our full focus planner community right there on Facebook. We'll be here next week with another great episode. But until then, stay Stay focused. If you're a coach, aspire to be a coach, or want to use your influence to help other people achieve the double win, then you have to listen up. We're hosting a brand new, completely free webinar called Land More Coaching Clients, Transform Lives, and stand out in a crowded market. Five impactful lessons from a seven-figure coach. The title says it all. Come join Michael Hyatt and Marissa to learn how to help others succeed. You've already gotten incredible feedback on the impact of this content. And if you know and love the Full Focus Planner, then you're already a step ahead. To register, go to fullfocus.co slash lessons. That's fullfocus.co slash lessons.